You know, <laughs> I was going to preach a sermon on on change, and I was going to start it with uh, how many know the famous last words of a redneck? <laughs> hey, y'all, watch this! <laughs> famous last words of a church. Well, we never did it that way before. <laughs> Lord's calling us to, to stretch, you know, and to be to be relevant and in touch and with our culture and with the community and shed his light and shine his love just like that song. And sir, to those around us. Wow. Let me I want to get that song. Which what's the name of it? Build my life. Build my life. And don't forget the word uh, from our brother about uh, healing arms and legs. Um, don't forget that at the end, and I'll try to re- remind. Uh, because I think there, after this sermon, there are going to be some other things that people may need prayer for. When I started pastoring, my dad, who was the uh, original pastor of Franklin Covenant Church, said, remember, son, you don't deliver messages You deliver people. And so it's my heart today as I, quote, deliver this message, unquote, that there will be deliverance for some people in this room. So with that in mind, I'm a bit stuck on a subject that is both somber and sobering. On the other hand, it is beautifully freeing and hopeful. It moves from the ravaging bondage of perversions to merciful liberation through the work of the cross of Jesus. And I appreciate what Tommy had to say about communion, about the cross of Christ and all that that purchased for us. It is God's love expressed, delivering us from hell. In all its forms. In all its forms. It's not just a place with fire and brimstone. Some people would tell you that they live in hell now. Delivering us from hell in all of its forms. And setting us on the path of His divine design. And that's the name of the sermon this morning. The title of the sermon. Divine Design. Walking this path, this path of divine design is where we experience all the joy, fullness, and pleasure that was in Father's creative heart when He designed and formed us and breathed into us life. In so many ways, we have been robbed of that identity. Robbed of that security, that direction, that purpose, that peace that was intended for us by the Lord God himself. It is always some type of perversion of God's plan, design, and intention. It is always this thing that robs us, many of us, many of us in this room have experienced horrendous things. And we don't talk about it. 
And maybe sometimes we need not talk about it, but maybe sometimes we need to talk about it. And somehow we buy the lie that no one else has these thoughts. No one else has these troubles. No one else has experienced these terrible things in their life. But that's not true. And I appreciate what Michelle shared. That, you know, stuff happens. And even though Stuart said, hard is not bad, it's just hard, that's true, but sometimes hard is bad. But it's always some type, and I wanted to repeat this, type of perversion of God's plan, design, and intention that does this to us. My definition of perversion, this is just mine, and you can even set sin in there. I'm not using the word sin because it conjures up, we already have presets about what sin is. And we get the guilt thing, and we get the thing, and we get, oh, you know, uh, Christians are just hate speakers, and um, they just say we're all sinners, and there's no such thing as sin. And yes, there is, but you have to understand what sin is. Sin is anything that doesn't align with God's intended purpose. It's when we behave in any other way that's out of His design, that's not in the pamphlet that comes with life that says how to live it, that says how we function. You know, you, you buy a new instant pot or whatever you get, what are you ladies getting? Everybody, guys get a new tool. It's important that you learn how to use that tool properly, correctly. Or otherwise, it's, it's a perversion of the use of the tool. Or it's sin. So if we can think of sin in that way, that it's just anything outside of God's design. You know, whether it's done out of rebellion, which is really the root of it all, or it's just done out of ignorance. It's still not His design, and it will not work, and it will produce death, just like the Bible says. It won't work. It just won't work. And it's not that God is mean or mad. It's just, He knows it won't work. And He's trying to say, hey, that won't work. But this will, this will, what I'm going to tell you, will work. It'll work. I'll build my life upon your love. It's a firm foundation. It will work. Gosh, what a great song, sir. Uh, so my definition of perversion is deviation or departure from the divine design. Deviation or departure from the divine design. That's what perversion is. And we can go, ooh, that's so perverted. That's so perverted. Well, that's the way the human race has gone. And all of us have done something that is perverted. In some way, if it doesn't align with God's divine design, it's perversion. And guess what? <laughs> That's why the Bible says, all of sin can fall short of the glory of God. Amen? But, there's, some, there's a but in there that's really nice. It's really good. 
deviation or departure from the divine design. Some of us were forced to experience perversions. Some of you in this room experienced perversion and it was out of your control. Devastating. Hurtful, ugly, wrong, death. Not of our choosing, out of our control. These are different for all of us. But are so devastating. Others of us were reared in a culture that deviated from God's divine design for family. So you're reared in a culture that says this is okay and this is okay and that's stupid and this is good and this is pleasurable. But the truth is it's a deviation from God's divine design and it will cause death. Some of you in this room have experienced that. So we think that somehow some legislative action is going to change all that. And it will never change all that. Somehow, if we who are holy in our own estimation, if we'll just say, oh, that is so sick, that is so wrong. That that will somehow change life for that person? And it won't. We can point fingers and we can. We can say, you know what? And I, I have said this. If, if, they, if some of those people did something like that to any of my family or something, I would take them out in a heartbeat. And I, I probably would. But that doesn't solve the problem for that person. That person has been deceived by the great deceiver who only lies, kills, and destroys. We say we have the answer, and it's Jesus. And I think we do. I think we may deli- need to deliver it in a little different way. If it's really going to make a difference. And I understand that people can still reject Father's offer. And that's true. Sometimes we need to incarcerate that person because they're going to do sick stuff. Forever and ever. Well, not forever and ever, but as long as they're allowed. It is a very difficult tightrope to walk. But we do have the Holy Spirit to lead us and to guide us into all truth. To give us wisdom in every situation. To where, do I lay my life down? Or do I go far the other way? Do I do something hard and difficult? 
Or do I do like the song said, with your heart and show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. So, for some of us, perversion was forced on us. Others of us, we maybe grew up in a, in a situation. You know, I had a great family. A great family. Still have a great family. I married into a great family. Or however that works. And so... Sometimes it's difficult for me to place myself in that situation. I had a partner uh, years ago when I was still in the building business. And we were talking one time. Somebody had done something really, really stupid. And he just, it just got all over him. He could not understand why in the world somebody would do something like that. And I just looked at him and I said, they weren't raised like we were. They didn't have the opportunities that we had. They didn't have a mom and dad that loved them. They didn't have brothers and sisters who came alongside and helped them through things. They didn't have that. And so what do we do? Do we just say, okay, we'll just eliminate them? Well, you can't just eliminate them. We have the love of God. I'm not saying that I've got this all together here. You know, that I'm, man, I do it right every time. I don't. My heart has been, I don't know, turned upside down, twisted, squeezed, infused with some kind of compassion. Those who have experienced perversion and don't know how to get out of it. I don't want to just sing about the opportunities that are brought to us through God. I want somehow to pass that on to people who really need it. Be off up. Anyway. Again, not of our own choosing, but intensely influential and formative, the family you're reared in. Or maybe you didn't have a family. Maybe you were from, from uh, like Tommy works at the Baptist Children's Home. And, I mean, those guys, they don't have a family. Or they're drugs. They're druggies. You know, or whatever. You know, we, we can just say, oh, they're druggies. You know? Well, let's dig a little deeper here. Let's go a little farther into their world. Are they what doing, doing what they're doing is wrong? Had a good friend, lost their son. A good boy. A good boy. But he was just lured in. Lured in. And he's dead. He's dead. Would I take out the person that showed him? <laughs> but that person... Has a history. Not of our own choosing, but intensely influential and formative. But giving us a life 
recipe for failure and disaster, pain and devastation. When we're reared in that kind of a family or we experience some kind of thing that shuts us down, that takes away our identity, that, that takes away our hope, takes away our drive, takes away our desire to even get up the next day. Some are lured or enticed into various perversions. Lured or enticed. Satan comes to us as a what? Angel of light. Lured or enticed into various perversions that claim to bring fulfillment and happiness. A high or an escape from other overwhelming realities. All of these perversions are a deviation or departure from the divine design. But it happens to real people like you and like me. And other people that we know. Other people that we're intimately acquainted with and yet don't know the past hells that they have endured. So first, we have to be liberated. Anyone has to be liberated. Set free from the stigma, the bondage. We so desperately need to be released from the hellish grip of memories, actions, and ingrained lifestyles. Here are some words of hope. From the Apostle Paul. Colossians 1, 13 and 14 in the message. God rescued us from dead end alleys and dark dungeons. Woo! This is not just for the pretty people. This is not just for the highly educated. This is not just for the wealthy. Although they have dungeons as well. But this is for every person that has experienced the hell that the evil one delivers. The one who robs life. The one who brings despair. But God rescued. God rescued. This is critical. This is what salvation is about. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son. He loves so much. All of us know people who need this. Most of us in this room still need this in some areas in our lives. The son who got us out of the pit we were in. (laughs) Yes! The son who got us out of the pit we were in got rid of the sins... Remember my definition. We, we were doomed to keep repeating. He's delivered us. 
lights. Amen? Out of the domain of darkness and put us into the domain of His marvelous light. Amen? After miraculous liberation and healing, we begin a journey in and into godliness. Godlikeness. Which only means, I mean, even holiness and, and, and godliness and all that. It just means that it's a life lived according to His divine design. It doesn't make us anything special. It just makes us set free. It just puts us in the family of God where we're loved. And you can call it special, or you can just say, I don't deserve it. I didn't earn it. Yet you give your life away. Oh, the overwhelming. What are the rest of the words? Reckless love of God. It's where we find our identity. We walk in secure life. We have direction, purpose, and we have His peace. And Jesus says to us, this is out of Matthew eleven twenty-eight through 30 in the Amplified, Come to me, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. This is out of Amplified. And overburdened. And I will cause you to rest. I will ease and relieve and refresh your souls. This is what all of us need. All of us who have experienced perversion in some form. Learned, forced, lured, enticed. However, he says, take my yoke upon you. Because you have a yoke. You have a yoke. You have a burden that you're carrying. And I want to take that off of you. I want to heal you. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. It's a journey. For I am gentle, meek and humble, lowly in heart. There is no pointing fingers. There is no arrogant, I'm holy and you're dirt. No, there's come to me. Come to me. I'm gentle, meek, and humble, lowly in heart, and you will find rest. You will find rest. Oh, God! Let me find rest. Let me offer real rest to people who are genuinely hurting deep inside and don't know why or how they got there or why they're so addicted why they're so controlled from something outside their own mind and self and soul. And Jesus said, I, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And you can come to the Father 
through me and only through me. You will find rest, watch this, relief and ease and refreshment and recreation and blessed quiet for your souls. For your souls, that deepest part inside. That when we can go through rehab and we can go through, I can't, I can't, I can't think of your son. And we can go through all these behavior modifications and all that and they're all good and, and it's brilliant and it's, and it's well studied and, and sometimes well executed. But until the soul is changed and liberated and we're set free deep in there where we don't let others in. Then we will find this that Jesus has to offer. (laughs) He made it so available that he said, come unto me all. He used that all word. And he proved his love by giving his life. Verse 34, my yoke is wholesome, useful, good. That's a stark contrast to death, (laughs) bondage, hell. Useful, good, not harsh, hard, sharp, or pressing, but comfortable. I love this. Comfortable, gracious, and pleasant. My burden is light and easy to be borne. That's the Amplified. Listen to it in the message. Are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. Get away with me. Escape with me. Leave the hell for me. Come. Spend time with me. I'm adding a few things. And you'll recover your life. You'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Not a (laughs) drug-induced. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Is that not everyone's longing? Colossians 1, 11 through 14 in the message. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength God gives. It's the strength that endures. You know, to a, that is a huge message of liberation to a person who has tried and tried and tried. And they're back in jail and back in jail and they're back in the rehab and they're back in the rehab. They're tired of gritting their teeth. And if they're on meth, they don't have any teeth left. But the glory strength God gives. 
It is strength that endures. It is strength that endures. That means that the cycle is broken. My dad used to say, yeah, you're, you're still on the same merry ground. You merry go round. You just changed horses. He had a way. He had a way. Oh, my word. It is strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy. Hallelujah. Thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that He has for us. See, He has that. We were designed for that. God rescued us. This is again, this is a repeat. God rescued us from the dead end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the son he loves so much. The son who got us out of the pit where we were, got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. And delivered us in the, into the domain of his dear son. Is that good? Is that good? It's divine design. And it's good. It's a good one. It's a good design. Some of you this morning will be set free. If you will come unto him. Some of you know people who need this message of hope. And you will be empowered by the Holy Spirit if you'll step out and be willing to love the unlovely. Be willing to hear the hardened soul of a person who's been overwhelmed by the deceiver. He will use you to deliver by the power of Jesus Christ. One who's hurting and needful. I t- um, if it's not too much of a burden to anyone, um, would, would the worship team mind coming and, and let's do this song quietly together. And those of you who sense that you need to be praying for individuals, and I, please, whether it's for arms and legs or it's for souls. Oh, would you like your music? God wants to heal and deliver. Amen. John, can I say something really quick? Yep. Um, the Lord gave me a scripture when he was first calling um, me to help with worship. And it was from Judges. And I felt like it was really has a lot to do with what John was saying. Um, It's from Judges um, 6. And the angel is talking to Gideon and encouraging Gideon to tear down the altars that his father had built. And he says, Pull down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole standing beside it. And then build an altar to the Lord your God here on this hill, laying the stones carefully. 
sacrificed the bull as a burnt offering on the altar, using as fuel the wood of the Asherah pole that you've cut down. And I felt like God was saying that as we come together and worship, it was really important to build an altar to him carefully. And sometimes we can't even get started until we get that other stuff out of the way and get that deliverance that John was talking about. We pull down those strongholds because we've got to get back to the firm foundation. And um, I just pray that you will feel open and safe to go ahead and be delivered if there's something, if there's a thing. I know for me, a lot of times it's that altar of perfection, this false perfection that I think I need to attain. But that's not... It's, it's Christ, and he is our firm foundation. And I'm so grateful, John, for your word um, on deliverance. So don't be afraid to get that freedom. I just can't get away from this sense that there's at least one person here, and the word I keep seeing is you're at a corner. About to turn a corner. I don't know what that means. Uh, some life change in your life, or a, you need to take one more step towards deliverance, healing, restoration, forgiveness, freedom. I don't know what it is, but it's a corner. You're at a corner, and you're about to go around a corner. Um, and God is saying, today is the day to take that step Amen. around that corner, whatever it is, and whoever you are.